Hello, my friend. Welcome to Jackson Talks, everybody. The podcast to help you feel more loved and connected through story sharing. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, aka Jackson Stone, and my mission is to help you realize your potential through conversations and deep insights so you can make your prior best your new baseline. This episode is all about burnout, the six burnout triggers, and all of the tools, habits, and protocols you can implement to become burnout proof. This podcast is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company, and I use their products daily. So hit the link in the show notes, use code Jackson Talks at checkout to get $10 off your entire order. Now, on to episode 135 of Jackson Talks, everybody. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks, everybody, with me, your host, Aaron Mashbitz aka Jackson Stone. This is episode 135 of the podcast and we are going to jump right in. So today we're going to break down a Twitter thread from Steve Magnus. I'll go over who that is in a second, but first we're going to talk about what burnout is, some burnout triggers, what could trigger burnout and understanding that burnout is <clears throat> excuse me, reversible. And then go over this Twitter thread of 47 tools that will help you uh, prevent or deal with burnout. And so Steve Magnus is someone that I follow on Twitter. Uh, He works uh, as a performance coach for athletes, executives, entrepreneurs. He wrote a brilliant book called Do Hard Things. And I recently listened to him on two amazing podcasts, one with Chris Williamson on Modern Wisdom and another one with Rich Roll on the Rich Roll podcast. So if this Twitter thread, uh, if you enjoy it, if you enjoy this podcast specifically, uh, then I would encourage you to go check out Modern Wisdom and the Rich Roll podcast, two podcasts that I aspire to be like that inspire me. And one of the reasons why I stay so consistent with this podcast is to um, reach a level Um, of influence and impact and positive change in the world like Modern Wisdom and like the Ritual Podcast. And Steve was on those podcasts explaining and talking about his book, Do Hard Things, as well as his work as a performance coach. And I've been following Steve for a while. And this Twitter thread popped up um, on December 3rd, 2022, so last year. But uh, I just put it in my notes as something that I wanted to do as a solo episode here on Jackson Talks, everybody. And I wanted to break that down to give you some of those tools so maybe you can implement some of those tools into your life to deal with and prevent burnout. So what is burnout? Burnout is a loss of motivation, a growing sense of cynicism, right? Burnout alters your neural circuitry. It also enlarges your amygdala and kind of fractures some connectivity, right? So burnout, loss of motivation, and growing sense of cynicism. Um, You can reverse burnout, but you have to solve the root problem 
to solve burnout. So you have to identify the trigger for burnout because burnout is reversible, but also you want to burn out proof, right? You can reverse burnout once you feel it, but you also can do things proactively to proof for burnout. And so we're quickly going to discuss here the six triggers, six triggers for burnout. One, lack of control. Two, values conflict. Three, insufficient reward. Four, work overload. Five, unfairness. And six, breakdown of community. So those are the six triggers of burnout. Most of the time when we're thinking about burnout, we think it's only work overload. And so we get, we have too much work. And so we take a two week, one week, three day, one day vacation. And then we come back to the same environment. If you come back to the exact same environment and haven't done anything differently, burnout will come back and it will come back quickly. So you have to reverse burnout by identifying the trigger and then solving the problem from there. So when looking at any of these sorts of burnout triggers, lack of control, values, conflict, insufficient reward, work overload, unfairness, breakdown of community, all of these things, all of these six burnout triggers can cause burnout and they are reversible through identifying which trigger is causing that burnout. And then you have sort of three options in terms of reversing that burnout, right? You can change yourself, you can change the situation, or you can change your relationship to or with the situation. And in Steve's Twitter thread of 47 tools that will help you prevent and deal with burnout, a lot of these are changing yourself, changing the situation, or changing your relationship with the situation. And so burnout proofing, which are some of what these tools are, Burnout proofing will expand your window of tolerance, right? You want to burnout proof your physiology, your psychology, your body. You want to you want to um, burnout proof all of the fundamentals of eating well, sleeping well, moving well, and thinking well. And a lot of these tools, forty-seven of these tools, fall into one of those four categories. So again, before we break this down, it's important to understand that burnout has psychological triggers. Okay. Burnout is a loss of motivation or growing sense of cynicism. Burnout can be reversed, but you can also proof for burnout to expand your window of tolerance. And burnout has six triggers. And to reverse or solve burnout, you must identify the root problem. You must identify the trigger and then move from there. Not just going on a vacation and then coming back to the exact same work environment is not going to change anything. Yes, it might give you um, a renewed sense of energy for like a week, two months, a year, whatever it is. But it's not going to change or reverse or proof the burnout for an extended period of time for sustainability and durability and overall health. And so you want to look at those things and how you can change yourself, change the situation or change your relationship with the situation. And then as we break down some of these tools, you're going to want to implement them so you can proof yourself and expand your window of tolerance in terms of burnout.
And so here we go. Again, this Twitter thread is from Steve Magnus. He's a great person to follow on Twitter. He's a performance coach of athletes, executives, and entrepreneurs. And you can check out his book, Do Hard Things. He was on Modern Wisdom. He was on the Ritual Podcast. Hopefully one day, maybe after he hears this podcast, we can get him on Jackson Talks, everybody, and really go into depth on his work and his book. But here we go. From December 3rd, 2022, 47 tools to help you prevent and deal with burnout. Number one, set healthy boundaries. Don't overcommit yourself and learn to say no to unreasonable demands. You have to, have to, have to have emotional parameters or boundaries around your life or else you're going to be dragged in every different direction and you won't be able to give your full effort or energy or attention to any of the things that you've said yes to. That's why learning to say no is extremely powerful and it's a powerful skill that can be acquired because it allows you to prioritize what is most important to you. That's what boundaries are. That's what setting emotional parameters are. But a step before that is understanding what's most important to you. You have to have a clear sense of your values and where you wanna go And so then it becomes much easier to say no to the things that don't completely align with your values. So you're not just saying yes to everyone and you're being pulled in every direction. You're getting your energies getting drained, you're getting used, and you feel like you're not making strides in any sort of one place because you're in every direction because you haven't learned to set boundaries or emotional parameters. But first off, you haven't learned what your true core values are and how you wanna present and show up in the world. So that means you have a harder time saying no to the to things because you don't know what aligns and what doesn't align. Intrinsically, you do know, but you haven't done the work, the inner work to commit that to writing that down on a sheet of paper and committing that to be your fundamental principles, your first principles of how you live your life. And so that's extremely important. Number two, prioritizing self-care. Make time for regular physical activity, sleep, and healthy eating. This one um, relates completely to me Uh, always talking about being grounded in the fundamentals. What are the fundamentals of being a human being? Eating, moving, sleeping, and thinking. Eating, eating, moving, and sleeping are pretty self-explanatory. Thinking encompasses a lot. Thinking encompasses a lot. Encompasses breathing, gratitude, flourishing, prospering. All of these things are under how you deal with failure, rejection. All those things are under thinking. But if we're just being, if we're prioritizing self-care, which means self-care really means a commitment to our future self, right? If we're prioritizing self-care, that means we're committed to our future self, which means we want to live our life grounded in the fundamentals of eating well, moving well, sleeping well, and thinking well. You want to break it down to the simplest thing that you will actually do, which is eating well, moving well, sleeping well, and thinking well. That's number two. There's 47 of these, so we might be here for a while. Some of them might be quick, but I know my voice will be tired by the end of this, so uh, stick with me or uh, come back halfway through, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter, but we're getting through these because they're extremely important. I found it very valuable to sort of break these down. Develop tools to relax. 
right? These fall into your fundamentals. But if you're going to prioritize your self-care, this could part of your self-care routine could be developing tools to relax, which is deep breathing, meditation, hobbies, socializing. You want to basically figure out what your number one self-care habit is. Number one, absolute number one self-care strategy is. Then you want to find time to commit to doing that every single day. Not when things are going good or things are going bad or you're in a crisis, you're not feeling well. It doesn't matter how you feel. You've committed to doing your number one self-care strategy every single day. Every single day. For me, it's sleep. Eight hours of sleep is my number one self-care strategy. So if I commit to doing that in bed by nine, up by six. In bed by nine, up by six. I try to do that seven days a week. Sometimes I get five, sometimes I get six, sometimes I get four. But in my head, that's what I'm commit trying to commit to every single day. That's my number one self-care strategy. That's my commitment to my future self. And so if you're going to develop these tools to relax, they relate to prioritizing self-care. So any sort of deep breathing, meditation, special hobbies, socializing, prioritizing this sort of downtime, this sort of productive rest, because rest is productive. And so we're putting it on the calendar just like anything else. Number four, developing healthy coping strategies. Developing healthy coping strategies. This is important for your burnout, for proofing burnout, for your mental health. I mean, all of these tools, 47 of them, yes, we're, we're specifically talking about proofing for burnout, but this is also about how you take care of your mental health, how you look after your overall well-being, right? And 47 tools is a lot, so you want to pick maybe one or two and nail in those. Dial them in, lock them in. You're master at two of the 47 and then you just build and build and build and build from there right making little habits that are too small to fail and then building up from there getting bonus reps being the person that does the things they say they're going to do and then building from there that's what number four is about it's about developing healthy coping strategies whether it's talking to a close friend the therapist engaging in activities that that help you manage stress all of these things there's healthy coping strategies because in life things will happen there'll be setbacks there'll be challenges there'll be obstacles there'll be things that you need to overcome and the way you do that hopefully is because you've developed healthy coping strategies to help you healthily more healthily deal with the situations that come in your life a lot of those situations are unpredictable and uncontrollable and unexplainable but we still have to be able to um, cope with them in a proper manner and so we have to develop those things outside of the crisis so your, you know your close community who are you talking to how are you engaging do you have professional help what activities make you feel great you know do you journal things out what do you do figure those things out now so that when something happens and you really have to cope in the best way you know how you have something to lean on and fall back on number five take regular break Take regular breaks. Step away from work and other demands to recharge and recharge, to rest and recharge. This is similar to prioritizing rest, right? If you're prioritizing rest, that means you're giving yourself breaks more regularly. That means you're not about this grind, 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 grind thing. You understand that you can work in blocks, that you can work in work bouts, you work in chunks. Your body is designed that way and so resting is just as productive as the actual work that you're doing because they both go hand in hand in you developing whatever you're trying to develop or whatever you're trying to do 
And so six would be practice mindfulness. Practice mindfulness. Practicing mindfulness. Mindfulness is the uh, <clears throat> mindfulness is defined as a particular way of focusing on the present moment without judgment. Mindfulness is a skill. It's a practice. It's about being present. It's about gaining insight. Right. And so you want to let go about the worries of the past or the future. And you can't really do that by just saying, hey, that's OK. Let it go. You have to actively get in this mindful state of focusing on the things you want to focus on, which is your breath, letting go, letting thoughts pass through you, being present, gaining insight, particularly focusing on the present moment without judgment. So you can let go of the things that are weighing you down. And so you can be more mindful, you can be more present, you can be more engaged, and you can be more in the moment, which is what we all need to be. <clears throat> Number seven, connect with others. I mean, come on, it's like the most important thing. Connect with others. Spend time with friends, family, and loved ones to maintain positive relationships. We are relational beings. We are best when we are with people that build us up, that keep hold us accountable, that revitalize us, revitalize us. Right? That's why we want to connect with others. Doesn't matter how large or big our circle is, we just want people there that are building us up, that are helping us to grow into our best selves, that are holding us accountable, that are <clears throat> picking us up when we're down, that are genuinely happy for us when we do something great. And we're genuinely happy for them when they do something great. It's not a zero-sum game with a friendship. It's an additive, beautiful uh, relationship where two people mutually respect each other and they're cooperative and they're generous and they want to build each other up and your energy gets revitalized by being around them. You want to connect with others. You want to build genuine, authentic, beautiful relationship. And that takes work and effort. And you have to put the time in to be courageous and truthful with that person and then to honor their vulnerability as well through this mutual dialogue of creating honest relationships. And then you can go to each other whenever you need something or whether you're down or whether you're out, you're feeling tired, you need someone to hang, you need someone to talk with, you've built relationships that allow that to happen. And that falls right the next one, number eight of seek support, right? Don't be afraid to ask for help if you're struggling with burnout. Everyone has dealt with burnout before. Everyone. Everyone. Same with mental health. Same with being overwhelmed. Same with struggling. Same with dealing with failure, setback, rejection, heartbreak. All of these very common things that we deal with as human beings going about our life. Especially if we're really going after it. Especially if we're really trying to get some in a, in a very hard world. We are, go we are going to feel this way. We're going to feel overwhelmed and... Um, and beat down and tired and rejected and we're gonna and we're gonna make mistakes and we're gonna do all of these things but if we are implementing some of these burnout proofing tools if we are being proactive with our mental health we will have a toolkit to lean on when things happen and one of those things one of those tools in your toolkit could potentially be seeking support it's it is immensely powerful, immensely powerful to ask for help. There is so much strength in asking for help. So let's seek support when we need it. And that and that falls, that's why 
it falls right in line with the other one. If we're connecting with others, if we've made genuine, real relationships, if we've set up a community, if we've actively engaged in our community, then seeking support, asking for help, or saying you need a helping hand or a listening ear is, is not hard because you've built that connection. Number nine, be kind to yourself. Be gentle and compassionate with yourself and give yourself permission to take care of your own needs. Yes, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Speak to yourself. Take care of yourself like someone that you love, like your best friend. Be your own best friend. The first person you need to be loyal to is yourself. And so we can be gentle and compassionate with ourselves while trying to become the best version of ourselves, while trying to become more. We give ourselves permission to take care of our own needs because we, ha we can't be anything to anyone else if we are first nothing to ourselves. And so it starts with us and then it goes out from there. 10, remember your why. Keep your goals and values in mind and remind yourself why you do what you do. You have to figure out your why. You have to figure out your why. And for me, it's like a three-step process, right? You're figuring out your core values, your five core values. There's a website and a questionnaire that you can do that on, but you're figuring out your five core values, whatever they are, whatever they are. For me, it's kindness, honesty, zestiness, hard work, and gratitude. Kindness, honesty, zest, uh, gratitude and hard work. Those are my five core values. So I try to live my life through those five core values. And after you find out what your five core values are, you figure out what your personal philosophy is. A three sentence, one, or not three, three word, one sentence thing that encapsulates who you want to be. My personal philosophy is lead with love and empathy. And then from there, you want to figure out your MTP, which is your massive transformative purpose or your wildly important goal. Whatever acronym you like, pick it. But that's that's your why. That's what everything leads to. That's your all your decisions get filtered through. That's where all your actions get filtered through. That's why when information comes in and people are asking you for stuff or you're on social or whatever, it's easy to get off. It's easy to say no because it doesn't lead you toward this ultimate goal. It's not passing through your core values. It's not passing through your personal philosophy. It's not leading you to your MTP. And so you have to remember that, but you first have to develop that, which takes a lot of inner work, which takes a fundamental um, dedication to putting that work in then you can keep those values and that personal philosophy and the MTP in mind all of the time when going about your life. 11, you want to manage your workload. Don't take on too much and be realistic about what you can accomplish. This also falls in line with saying no, setting boundaries, remembering your why. All of these things become much easier when you completely understand your mission and your vision. And so that's very important getting very concrete and crystal clear about those things. Core values, personal philosophy, massive transformative purpose. Everything is filtered through that and then how can we show up that way on the most consistent basis <clears throat> no matter what. 12, learn to delegate. Share your workload with others. Ask for help when you need it. We can't do everything. We're not built to do everything. That's why, again, it falls in line with some of those other ones. It falls in line with some of the other ones. We're not going to take on everything all the time if we know exactly what our mission is. If we have drawn bright lines on the path we want to take and know that, yes, we have agency so we can go. We don't have to go from A to B to get to Z. We can go many different directions to get to our end goal. 
but we know the end goal, the end result is not really what's important. It's about the process of showing up, of showing up, of showing up, of showing up, of showing up. And so if it falls outside of our lane, then we can delegate. We can say we trust, we've built a support system, we've built a network, we've built friendships where we can delegate to people we trust and know what our mission is, our values are, and they align with us as well. And we learn to delegate some of those things. 13, be proactive, 100%. I talk about this all the time when it comes to our mental health. Be proactive. Identify potential sources of stress and take action to prevent them before they become a problem. This is being proactive with your mental health, with your physical health, with your overall health, living your life grounded in the fundamentals. Being proactive, building up a mental health toolkit before you get into a crisis ever. So you have something to lean on, you have tools to pick from, and you have the ability to pull yourself out of the situation or the feeling that you're in faster or in a more healthy way than you would have if you hadn't developed these toolkits, if you hadn't become proactive, if you hadn't started taking a very, very, very close, important, detailed look at your life and your mental health and your physical health and how it all intertwines and interconnects. 14, in the same vein, take care of your physical health. Move often, occasionally move vigorously, yes. Do hard things. That's the name of Steve's book. I love it. Voluntarily do hard things. Move. Move your body. 30 minutes a day. Whether that's walking, Zumba, running, yoga, weights, martial arts, jiu-jitsu, Spartan races, whatever it is, your body is a magical, unbelievable thing and you have to take care of it. And again, mind, body, not separate, together, interconnected and bi-directional things. What you do for your mind helps your body. What you do for your body helps your mind and they're all interconnected so they help each other as a whole. And so you have to take care of your physical health. You cannot be sedentary all day. You have to move, move, move constantly. Aim for 5,000 steps a day. If that's too easy, aim for 8,000 steps a day. If that's too easy, aim for 10,000 steps a day. Move vigorously. Move often, 30 minutes a day, a walk. Get something intense in throughout the week. You can do it. You're capable of doing it. And most importantly, you, you, you have to do it. You have to. There's no other option. There's no other option. So try stuff. Find what works for you and then commit to doing that. And then as you can see, you will see improvements on your physical health, on your state of emotional well-being, all of these things. It's worth it. It's worth the time and effort. You're worth your own investment. 15, get lots of sleep. It's your best friend. Prioritize it. Eat well, move well, sleep well, think well. Eat well, move well, sleep well, think well. 16, take short naps. A short nap can boost energy more than a cup of coffee. Short naps are amazing. Um, As Andrew Huberman talks about, you can have non-sleep deep rest or yoga nidra. Some of these things will just help you settle down, right? If If you're working in bouts, 90-minute work bouts, 60-minute work bouts. When you take your break, getting on your phone and scrolling social media is not a break. You're not shutting down your system. You're not allowing anything to reset. You want to close your eyes and just be. Meditating is active, right? You're focusing on your breath, right? You're trying to get more mindful, get more present. Naps or non-sleep deep breaths, you're just trying to shut down for a bit. And then when you get back up, move around a little bit, jumping jacks, push-ups, squats, whatever, whatever, to get your body and your blood flow, and then you go back into your workout or whatever you're doing. And 17 falls just in line with that. You can go on a walk. They're restorative and recharging. Go on a walk. 
Some places are very cold. <laughs> I understand that, but go outside, get outside, go on a walk, smell some fresh air, move your body, your legs, you know, walk around, get 5,000, 8,000, 10,000 steps in a day. 19, find meaning and purpose. Connect with something larger than yourself and find meaning and purpose in your work and in your life. This falls in line with the three-step process of finding what your core values are, knowing what your personal philosophy is, and then finding your MTP, right? You have to try things. You have to experience things. You have to think about what bothers you the most. What bothers you the most? And you think, oh, why is no one doing that? Why is no one doing anything about that? Because you're supposed to do something about it. That's your purpose. That's your meaning in your life. We're trying to live fulfilling, meaningful, purpose-driven lives. We're not chasing happiness. We're not trying to run on this hedonic treadmill, right? We're trying to have eudaimonia, eudaimonic life of meaning, purpose, fulfillment, happiness. Happiness is a byproduct, is what I mean, of living a meaningful, fulfilling, purpose-driven life. Happiness is a byproduct of that, but we're not chasing that. That's not our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal is fulfillment and meaning and purpose. 20, be patient. Be patient. Burnout is a process and it may take time to overcome it. Be patient with yourself and give yourself the time and space you need. Yes, reversing burnout takes time because you have to identify the trigger. You have to know the trigger. You have to be understanding what the trigger is. You have to identify it and how you can reverse that trigger by changing yourself, changing the situation, or changing your relationship with the situation. And none of that's going to happen overnight. So you have to be patient. Just like anything great that happens ever, it takes a long time. And so you have to be patient and persistent over the long haul knowing that it'll work out in the end through an optimistic belief and a resiliency that things will work out and so you're being patient with that but putting in the appropriate effort energy intention towards the process of reversing or proofing for burnout or whatever it is in the context of your life 21 celebrate your successes don't forget to celebrate your accomplishments no matter how small they seem positively reinforce yourself when the thing you said you're going to do and you do it right positively reinforce yourselves when the thing that you said you're going to do you did it i'm going to wake up at 7 a.m and i'm going to go to the gym I'm going to go for a walk in the middle of the day. I'm going to get 5,000 steps in. I'm going to drink six cups of water. I'm going to put my phone away at 9 p.m. I'm going to have a great conversation with a friend. Positively reinforce yourself for doing those things because they're hard and they're not small. What I do after something like that happens, I say, that's like me. I give myself a fist bump and I pat myself on the back. That's like me. That's like me. That's like me. That's like me. Pat on the back. That's how you positively reinforce yourself. That's how you celebrate your successes. Celebrating your successes doesn't have to be this big, wild thing every time something happens. You do something that you say you're gonna do, you positively reinforce that action by holding yourself accountable to it because you did it, you said you're gonna do it, so you did it, and that you're the type of person who, set, who does the things they say they're gonna do. That's like me, that's like me, that's like me, that's like me. Boom, 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 boom. It's a domino effect and it ripples into other areas of your life. 22, do novel, interesting, and engaging things. Don't stop growing and developing and continue to challenge yourself and push your boundaries. Yes, no more needs to be said on that. Do novel, interesting, and engaging things. Step outside your comfort zone. Learn things you don't usually learn about. Read in a genre that you don't usually read about. 
This develops your curiosity, your curiosity for life, for other people. It helps you seek understanding and be more curious rather than be more judgmental and critical. If we can seek to understand and seek curiosity by doing novel, interesting and engaging things, we're allowing ourselves to learn more, to engage more, to be more so that we can be more open and kind and generous to things that we don't know about, but are willing to learn about. <clears throat> 23. <clears throat> seek professional help if needed. If you're experiencing burnout, it is important to seek help from a qualified mental health professional. They can help you identify the underlying causes of burnout and develop a plan to address them. Right. If you look through all of this stuff, you figured out the, the trigger, you've identified the trigger, you've done all the burnout proofing, you then change the situation, change yourself or change your relationship with the situation. You're dialed in on your fundamentals and things just aren't going well and you just can't figure out where it is with your mental health, with your burnout, of course, seeking professional help is extremely valuable and extremely important. And I encourage really anyone to, to have that sort of safe place to speak about the things that are going on in their life. 24, identify and address sources of stress. This is identifying the trigger. Right? This is identifying the root problem. Identifying and addressing sources of stress, such as a difficult relationship or high workloads, or high workloads can help to prevent burnout. I talked about this in what are the six triggers for burnout. This could be work overload, work, work overload or insufficient rewards. You want to identify those things, get to the root cause, and then you can reverse the burnout from there. 25 similar to support structures and creating great relationships is developing a support network, right? A support network. Surround yourself with supportive friends, family, and colleagues who can provide encouragement and help you when you need it. This goes along with what I said about building beautiful, genuine, authentic relationships, having a support system, support network, support groups, a community. We are relational beings. We never do anything great alone. We need others. Yes, we're sort of on this like individual pursuit, but we're interconnected with all other beings and we need us. They need they need us. We need them and we can all do together. We can build each other up together. It's all additive. The pie is big enough for everyone to get a slice and that's extremely important to understand. Practice gratitude. 26. 26. Practice gratitude. Focusing on the things you are grateful for can improve mood, reduce stress, and prevent burnout. Having a continual and consistent gratitude practice will help all areas of your life. People who keep a gratitude journal are happier, um, have boost their happiness by 25%. And so I think that's extremely important, even though we're not aiming to be happy all of the time, right? It's cool and very, very, very important to be practicing gratitude, to understand the things that you're truly, 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 truly grateful for. That if everything got stripped away from you except the things that you were very grateful for, your life would still be meaningful and fulfilling and purpose-driven. What are those things? What are you 100% grateful for every day when you wake up in the morning? One could be waking up. What are the other things that you're truly grateful for that if everything got stripped away except the things that you were 100% appreciative and thankful for, what would your life be like? 
What would your life be like? That's why we want to practice gratitude every day. It doesn't mean we can't aim and strive to become more. We absolutely can, but we have this base layer of gratitude, of appreciation for the things we do have. We're living on this foundational layer and building things up from there, right? If we're eating well, we're moving well, thinking well, and part of thinking well is having a gratitude, a real, active, consistent gratitude practice. 27, be realistic. Don't set unrealistic goals or expectations for yourself and be realistic about what you can achieve. Yes, <clears throat> it's it's one to be, it's important to have these sort of lofty, big dreams and goals and aspirations. Well, dreams and goals are different. Dreams is a dream. Goal is something you're going to actively work towards every single day. And so you first have to be very honest about your current situation. You have to get very real about your current situation. You have to. You have to understand exactly where you're at, what your strengths are, what your inadequacies are, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do, the costs you're willing to pay, the sacrifices. You have to be realistic and honest about all of those things. Then you set goals and aspirations and intentions from that place. You want to be like LeBron James? Are you willing to do everything that he's done to get to where he's at? Are you? If you're not, change your goal. And there's nothing wrong with that. LeBron James is a very unique, special man. Very special. Once in a billion person. Doesn't mean we can't work as hard as him. We absolutely can work as hard as him. But are we willing to do that? Are you willing to pay that price. And so you have to think about that when you're setting these goals. So you have to get very honest about your current situation and move from that honest place. 28. Avoid perfectionism. Perfectionism can lead to stress and burnout and it is, it is important to let go of the need to be perfect. That's it. Avoid it. I'm sorry to tell you that no one ever has ever been perfect on this earth and you will not be the first perfect person. Sorry. So let's avoid it. Yes, we're aiming for excellence. We're aiming to do the best job we absolutely can. But we know that mistakes happen all the time, no matter what. And that's part of the beautiful process of learning and growing and learning and growing and learning and growing. And so we're not, we don't have this need to be perfect because we know it's not possible. And we know that no one who's ever existed has ever been perfect and we will not be the first perfect person, but we're still trying our best every single day, knowing that our best looks different, but it's also good enough and we're aiming for excellence. 29, develop autonomy. 29, develop autonomy. Feel like you have some, feel like you have some control over your life and the pursuit. Have some agency over your decisions in your life. You're the one in control. You're the one in the driver's seat. Be an active participant in your own life. Control the direction. Yes, there's a tons of things that are out of our control. Tons of things that are out of our control. But there are also really, really large, important things. Oh, no, I dropped my pen. Really large, important things that are in our control. And we have to focus on those, having autonomy and agency over those things. Number 30, break it down. Break it down. If you're stressed over a big project, break it down to manageable pieces. This is very similar to having a big goal or a habit that you want to change. 
or something that you want to do in your life. You have to break it down to the smallest, most manageable part that you're actually going to do. Your house is really dirty. Okay. Commit to cleaning one drawer. Boom. You did it. You want to start working out. Commit to doing one push-up. You want to start journaling. Commit to writing one word. It may seem small. It may seem dumb. But it's actually how you get it done. Because then when you do it, you positively positively reinforce yourself. That's like me. And then you start feeling the momentum. You start getting bonus reps in and bonus reps in and bonus reps in. Because you broke it down to the smallest part that you could actually do. And then you did it. And then you move from there. And then the same thing can happen with any sort of big project, with anything. You break it down into manageable pieces. You delegate and you move from there. 31. Find ways to make progress somewhere. Progress keeps us motivated. Find a way to make small, small steps. Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. Acknowledge yourself. Acknowledge your progress. No matter how small, how little, it's important. It matters. And you have to acknowledge that along the way. 32. Minimize micromanaging. It decreases autonomy and kills motivation. Avoid being micromanaged the best you can. Just go out and do and do and do and do and do and reiterate and try and go back and redo and recharge and and boom and boom and keep going and keep going. Just don't micromanage it because again, we're avoiding perfectionism. So we're avoiding micromanaging. We're just going out and doing and learning and taking that feedback, reflecting upon it, making it better the next time and then continuing to show up in the best way we know how. 34. Take a vacation. A week-long vacation restores you for about four to eight weeks. If you have a dug a big hole, take a vacation. So this is this is what I talked about earlier before we got into these 47 um, tools is that one of the triggers for burnout is work overload. And to reverse burnout, you have to identify the trigger and then change something about it. If you identify that you need a vacation and you go take a vacation, you come back to the exact same situation you're in and nothing has changed, you are gonna get burnt out again or potentially even worse um, than that. And so you have to, yes, identify that you're working too much and your workload is too big or you need a vacation, but you still have to identify the trigger, change the situation, change your relationship with the situation or change yourself. If you don't do any three, any of those three things or start implementing some any of these tools, then the burnout is going to come back. So taking a vacation was just taking a vacation. Yes, vacations are awesome. We should all do them. We should all have the time and God willing the money to do them. But we still have to identify the trigger and then change it from there so we can reverse the burnout and then start proofing for burnout moving forward. Same with number 35, which is take a weekend, take a weekend off, taking consistent small breaks goes a long way and makes work more sustainable, right? We're We're not working to live We're not living to work. We're just living. We're doing our best to live, to live the the best life we can possibly live, to have the greatest experiences, all of these beautiful things. And so if you can take a night off, you can take a weekend off, you can take a vacation, you can do this, you can do that, do it. Because we're living, we're trying to live our best, most fruitful, most engaged, most meaningful lives. 36, unplug, right? Get away from your phone and screen. It's a stimulant, turn it off, put a lock on it. If your brain feels fried, you'll be amazed at what occurs after just a couple days without a phone. Get into nature, get outside, leave your phone, have a digital Sabbath, have a PM and AM bookend, 
have a digital shutdown, have all of these things that you have to plan and put in place to manage the phone and screen use because the phone and the screen are meant to keep you addicted. And so we have to work double as hard to manage our time on those screens. And so you have to have an AM routine, a PM routine, a digital Sabbath, a digital shutdown. When are you gonna put your phone away? How long you wanna spend on your phone? What, are you, what parameters, emotional parameters, and just boundaries are you gonna put on your phone to be able to say no to that phone? Yes, the phone is beautiful. It has so many powerful tools, but we should be in control of the phone. The phone should not be in control of us. And that's an important distinction we have to make and we have to work hard to keep us ourselves in control of our phone and screen use. So unplug, get away, breathe fresh air, breathe fresh air, breathe fresh air. 37, make your work deep focused work. 30 to 90 minute blocks, phone out of sight, email off, just you and the work. I've talked about this before. You want to do 90 minute work bouts. 90 minute work bouts, 60 to 90 minute work bouts of you just getting after it, getting deep. Not this shallow multitasking bullshit that doesn't get anything done, but 90 minute work blocks where you just get after it. You get deep into your work. You're in the trenches. You're firing on all cylinders. There's no distractions. The phone's away and not being binged. You're not having attentional residue by having seven different things going seven different directions. You're unitasking on what's at hand because you know that that thing is important to you because you've identified that that thing is important to you and you're going to give your best effort to the thing while you're doing it for 90 minutes and then you're going to give yourself a break, a real break. Not a scrolling social media break, but a real break, a movement break, walking break, a nap break, yoga nidra break, whatever that is. 38, follow the 24-hour rule. Oh, here we go. Here we go. 38, follow the 24-hour rule. After a big achievement or a tough failure, give yourself 24 hours to celebrate the success or grieve the defeat. And then get back to work you enjoy. Doing the work has a special way of putting your both successes and failure in their respective places. I like it. Follow the 24-hour rule. 39. Stop judging yourself against others. We want to compare ourselves to who we were yesterday and who we could be tomorrow. That's the only comparison we need. That's the only comparison we need. We don't have to judge ourselves against others because we don't know their life. We don't know their environment. We don't know their background. We don't know their story. We don't know their experiences. Everyone has a unique expression of their gifts based on the things they've gone through and the experiences they've had and the conversations they've had and the people they grew up with. They have a unique expression of their talents and gifts. And so we can't even come close to judging ourselves against others because our lives are completely different than their lives. And so we're comparing ourselves to who we were yesterday and who we can be. And we're doing that in a way that's loving and compassion because we know we're capable of more. So we're giving ourselves permission to go and be the best version of ourselves while only focusing on our lane and what we can control. 40. Focus on process over outcome. Focus on process over outcome. Evaluate yourself not on whether you accomplish an external end goal, but rather on how well you execute the process of going for it. Process over outcome, 100%. I talk about this a lot with my boys and my athletes and on this podcast. We are process over outcome. The process is primary. What really fires people up is the, is the 
is the action of actually going for something. Yes, reaching wherever you want to reach, getting to the goal, having the outcome you want is great, but it's really about going for it that fires people up. And if we can get to this point where we're really focused on the process, then everything else outside of us that happens doesn't bother us. Yes, we stay on track. We know that we have agency and autonomy over our decisions and we just keep going for it because we love what we're actually doing. We fall in love with it, the process. 41, gain perspective. Go volunteer, explore a new place or culture, have a deep conversation with those you seldom interact with. Gain new perspective, see life through a different lens. You have to actively go out and do these things. This is not just gonna happen. You're not gonna gain new perspectives by always watching and seeing and talking to the same people over and over again, by reading the same books, by the same people, or following the same Twitter threads or Instagram pages. You have to go out and volunteer in a different place. Go explore a new city, read about a new, read about a new culture, follow someone different on Twitter, learn about how people view and see the world so you can gain a broader, deeper perspective and have a different lens through you see the world. So you seek understanding, you seek curiosity rather than label and judge and critique on things that you don't fully understand or grasp. 42, <clears throat> reflect on morality. You are going to die. This tends to make very clear what actually matters and is worth spending time on. You have to reflect on this. What do you want people to say about you at your funeral? That's a beautiful exercise. Go to the end of your life right now. People are at your funeral. You're just like a, a ghost watching people. What do you want people to say about you? How you show up in the world, what values, how kind you were, how you acted, how you went after it. All of these things, what kind of brother, sister, father, parent you were? What kind of friend were you? You can start living that life right now. When you're finally going to, to have your last breath, what do you want it to feel like? Like, ah, yes, I fucking went for it. I went for it in the only life that I've had, my precious, beautiful life, I went for it. And I'm proud of myself. I'm good with taking my last breath. Or do you wanna have regrets? Because regrets hurt way more than defeats or failures or setbacks. So go after it, reflect on that, think about that. Think about death, think about everyone that you love and ever loved and ever known is going to pass away. Think about how many times you wanna see them, tell them you love them. Life is precious and beautiful, but it's fragile. And we have to think about that, we can't neglect that, we can't be scared to look that in the eye. So get very clear on what matters to you, who matters to you, and what's worth spending your time on because you don't get another one. There's no practice run. This is the real thing. This is the real thing. And that's very precious. Think about that deeply, please. 43, get clear on your role. Lack of role clarity is one of the top five causes of burnout. Know what's expected and what you're trying to do. Very simple. Know your role, get clear on it. Play your role the absolute best you can possibly do it. Draw those bright lines and do your best. <clears throat> 44, get clarity on who you are, what's important to you and how you define your self-worth. Too often we lead others to tell us who we should be. The opinions of others is a terrible place to give your self-worth to. Your self-worth should be defined by you. 
should be defined by you. The values you live by, how you show up, how you treat people, how you treat yourself. Get clarity on who you are. Get clarity on your identity. Your identity is your repeated beingness. So who are you being? How are you showing up? That's your identity. Get real on that. Get clear on that. Be authentic to who you are. And start closing the gap. Every single day, I'm becoming the best version of you. 45, control your passion so it doesn't control you. Too much focus on external validation and addiction to ego and relevance are all common, subtle, and destructive forces that can lead to burnout. Control your passion. Control your passion. Know what your massive transformative purpose is. Know what you're passionate about. Know what your core values are. Know what your personal philosophy is. And live your life through those things. You have full control over that. You have autonomy and agency over your life. Don't let it control you. You control it. Number 46, do something that makes you feel alive, experience flow, something that captures you in the moment. Find something that you enjoy where the challenge is just manageable. Do something that makes you feel alive. Go out there and get after it. There's so many beautiful, amazing things to explore in this life. And I give you permission to go out there and make yourself feel alive with the people you love the most. Do it. Do it. 47, stress plus <clears throat> 47, stress plus rest equals growth. Respect all parts of this equation. Stress plus rest equals growth. So you have to have stress in your life. And if we view stress in a, in a good way where it's productive and then we rest productively, then we start to grow. So if we really focus on eating well, moving well, sleeping well, and thinking well, part of those, um, if we really focus on eating well, moving well, sleeping well, and thinking well, and then we grow. So we stress ourselves with doing challenging things, voluntarily going out there and doing hard things, doing hard things, challenging ourselves, learning from our mistakes, growing, growing, growing. That's all stress. Then we productively um, prioritize our sleep and our rest and our naps and our downtime. Then we start to grow and we grow into the best version of ourselves. And that's what it is. Stress plus growth, excuse me, stress plus rest equals growth respects all parts of the equation. That's all 47. That's all 47 um, tools that Steve talks about um, that, that could potentially help you prevent and deal with burnout. That's something in my eye. But like I said, you want to identify the six burnout triggers. You want to get to the root cause of that, change yourself or change the situation or change your relationship with the situation to reverse the burnout and then you can proof for burnout by dialing in on these 47 tools and so you want to pick one or two at a time hammer them in lock them in get really good at them and then go to the next ones and then you start developing a toolkit for burnout for your mental health for your overall well-being and you start showing up and becoming the best version of you consistently over and over and over again because that's like you that's like you and so that's all i got for you today thank you for listening thank you for Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Jackson Talks, everybody. I really appreciate it. This is a beautiful community that I'm glad we have. And I will see you guys next time. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to that episode. It's one thing to listen to a podcast, but the most important thing is to take action. Out of every tool, habit, and protocol we discussed today, which one will you actually start implementing into your life starting 
now. Pick one thing and attack it. Get to work. Go get you some. Move that needle just 1% forward each and every day. You got this. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating or review on Spotify or Apple. Or just share the episode with a friend. But if you really want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aaron Mashvitz directly supports me, you are loved, and this podcast. But above all else, please take good care of yourselves and others. Lots of love. I'll see you next time. Cheers.